Should I quit my job? Should I look for a new job? Should I change careers? Not me. <laughs> Should I talk to my parents about their declining health? Should I have kids? Should we have kids? Should we have no kids? One kid, two kids, three kids? Should I go back to school? Should I stay in school? Should I stay married? Should I seek out a relationship? Should I? Should I? Should I? These and many questions like them are what I very often hear when people come to me for pastoral counseling. I do not receive many questions that are like this. Should I stop going to Atlantic City every weekend and blowing all of my kids' college money? Should I stop embezzling from the company that I work for? Should I stop cheating on my spouse? I'm not saying I never get that, but the answer to those questions is fairly easy. Yes, you should not do those things. <laughs> should I do this or should I do that? The kinds of questions that I started out the message with. Those are more difficult because they don't involve lying or deceit or intentionally causing harm to ourselves or to another person. Almost all of those kinds of should I this or should I that People are not seeking rule book answers. People are not seeking my approval or attention or permission either. They know that they might end up with all kinds of outcomes and they are in fact seeking for something more than an answer. They are seeking beyond what should I do into what should I trust? What should I trust to guide me as I make important life decisions? This new year is a season of focusing on changes and choices. And even if we think we don't know how to do it, we all want to make wise ones. That's why I'm beginning in this new year with this new message series. Making choices mindful. Now, what does that mean? It means recognizing when we are living our lives on autopilot. When we live our lives on autopilot, we have very little idea of where we are when we are there, right here and right now. We spend a lot of time on autopilot, and forgive me if I'm describing the contents of your mind and your heart sometimes, because it's very much mine, too. Replaying old dramas. Oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have done this. I should have done that. Or projecting ourselves forward in fear or in fantasy into time to come. That is living life on automatic pilot. What is mindfulness? What is choices made mindfully? It is opening up with greater awareness and attention and, yes, also love to our lives just as they are. To checking in with that question regularly. What is really going on with us? Our senses, our body, our hearts, our thoughts. Maybe you are here today right in the middle of one of those should I this, should I that 
kinds of questions. And I would say if you're aware of that, wonderful for you. Because that is an entryway to new life. Last Valentine's Day, I preached a message that talked about three three word sentences that can help us keep love alive. And I've amended that just slightly for today. Last Valentine's Day, I talked about those three three word sentences that keep love alive in loving relationships, not just romantic relationship, but any loving relationship. I am sorry. I love you. And I don't know. Today, I start with I don't know any great discovery, any great adventure that ever was began with this. I don't know. And yet they are words that all of us, including myself, have such a difficult time saying. I would bet a lot of money on the fact that the sentence least said over the next year by anyone running for president of any party and any stripe are these words. I don't know. We expect leadership to be giving us answers when, in fact, those is not the true quality of leadership. And we wonder why we always find ourselves so betrayed or bemused by our political leaders. I don't know when accompanied by these other phrases becomes an invitation into real humility and being okay with the fact that we don't know what we should do, whether this or that. Sometimes I think in our lives so much I don't know can feel so vulnerable to say because our society places such a huge premium on knowledge and the ability to do things technically and the ability to control our circumstances. And so we perhaps might know at a way, way beyond and way deeper than just our rational minds that if we say we don't know, we think we have run out of the space of our lives and what really counts about us. But we are here in a spiritual community where we can affirm that sometimes the deepest of the deep life within us begins only at that place where our knowing ends and our life opens up. That's why the second sentence, the second phrase is, I love you. When I used it last Valentine's Day, I was talking about sharing that with another person and really meaning it. Here today, I'm talking about meaning it for ourselves. Knowing about meaning it for ourselves, not loving ourselves in an idealistic way. I've never learned how to do that because as much as I have idealistic hopes about my life, when I know my life, there's one thing it is and it's not. And it's not idealistic. It's real. Maya Angelou said once that she had a hard time trusting people who told her that they loved her when she knew for a fact that they did not love themselves. She then quotes an African proverb saying, be careful. Be careful when a naked person wants to offer you a shirt. (laughs) How can we give that which we don't have, at least in part? And so the final sentence is to know with our full effort that we, I, you, will try. We will give it a full faith effort because that is the way we find out how reality will disclose itself to us. Making a good faith effort, no matter how small, will disclose who we are and teach us the ways of the should for us that are right. And yes, I know Master Yoda said for a Jedi, there is do or not do. There is no try. Master Yoda is appropriate in this, I think, because what he is talking about is that. 
one of the first ingredients in the recipe for disappointment in our lives is half-heartedness. Is when we really want something, really want to risk something. Perhaps we're so afraid of failure that we just put one foot forward instead of walking forward and really giving ourselves to it. That is the way the word try has been corrupted. But I want to recapture it and reclaim it because it starts moving us away from being an outcome only based kind of people. I know many people who've trained for marathons, who've studied for tests, who have worked themselves deeply and diligently. And yet the outcome isn't what they want. And yet they think they are failures. But if they fully tried They are the furthest thing from a failure. These three sentences are about three essential virtues. Humility. What do we know? Devotion. What and who do we love, including ourselves? And diligence. Giving our life a full shake and a real try. If we do those things, then we will show up mindfully for our life and our work. Not just the outcome, not just the payment, not just the payoff, whatever that is, real money or not real money. Then the work itself becomes the reward of our lives and we get to recapture and reclaim each of our days. That is the heart of our movement. That is the heart of the heart of Unitarian Universalism at its best. It is all about the shaping of our inner spiritual life and sharing that character with each other in justice, kindness, love, and service. It's the reason that Thoreau, when he was asked slyly once, probably someone trying to trip him up, it's when he was dying, it's reported, what do you think about the world to come? And he said, I want to take it one life at a time. Notice he didn't say that there was nothing coming after. It's that this is what he knew here and there and now. And so he could say, I'm mindfully making choices where I am. A. Powell Davies, our great Unitarian minister of last century, said it even more simply and wonderfully. Life is a chance to grow a soul. Life is a chance to grow our soul, your soul, all of our souls. The soul is not forced into being, however. We cannot just command it. We can't shout at it and say, give me the quality of soul right now. I want it. I want it. I want it. Parker Palmer, the great Quaker teacher, talks about the soul as if it was a wild animal, skittish and fierce at the same time. And if we want to go looking for the quality of soulfulness in our lives, we cannot go into the woods Making a lot of noise because we'll just run away. I think of Finding Nebo, that wonderful kids movie for kids of all ages. That little girl in the dentist's office with the braces trying to wake up the fish who's playing dead. Fishy, 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 fishy. (laughs) That's not the way to cultivate the quality of soul in our lives. Not to yell, not to scream, but to listen and to pay attention. If we do this, we avoid making hasty mistakes when we are in that moment of should I this or should I that. We avoid the kind of mistake that we can hear right here. Twenty four. At times, a really good show. And an amazing concept. Twenty four hours a day, 24 episodes in a year. One day in the life of Jack Bauer, seemingly indestructible, non-human counterterrorism agent and the CTU organization. Sometimes a great show. 
Sometimes an awful show, in my opinion. Because if I had to pick one symbol for our often angry, anxious age this last decade, it would be this. Because there is always in the show a ticking time bomb ready to go off and destroy hundreds, thousands, millions of lives. And because of that perspective, the show sought to legitimate really callous, harmful, brutal actions. That also, by the way, were not true. Because one of the things that the show spawned was a huge discussion about people who had background in military intelligence. The way to cultivate real, reliable military intelligence, as I understand it, by the way, is to gain the trust of a suspect. And show up day after day after day after day and learn their story and share your story. And that's the way real intelligence shows up. As it is with military intelligence, so it is with our own moral intelligence. It only happens by showing up in our lives. Now, this is not passivity. This is not, eh, I don't care. I'm just going to step back and say I'm not going to be active at all in this life. Carl Rogers, I used this quote last month. Carl Rogers, the great psychologist, said that the paradox in life he finds is that when he accepts himself truly as he is, then he can change. When he accepts himself as he is, then he is capable of change. Because the truth of our lives is, whether we are hyper-reactive and overactive or do nothing at all in our lives, change is going to come visit us one way or the other. Thoreau also said in Walden, he said, change is a miracle to behold, and it's a miracle that is happening at every single moment of our lives. So the choice that we have is by what means we will attend to the changes that are happening. On autopilot... Regretting, sighing, seeking not to be here, seeking to waste the time we have, or with awakening, aliveness, awareness, and presence. With this kind of cultivated awareness comes the deeper gift that really helps us see if we should do this or should do that. We become familiar with our own lives. I mean, familiar, like family. We become kin to ourselves. We get to see Night after night, perhaps, if something is keeping us awake, we forestall that possibility of just taking another pill or taking another drink to put ourselves to sleep, anesthetize ourselves, and ask, what is weighing so heavily in our hearts or in our minds that we need to pay attention to? We get to uncover the sources of our deepest joy and our deepest frustration, and through these things, understand what our path in this life is. There's a wonderful story associated uh, 2,000 years ago with a man named Rabbi Akiva who lived in his own time of Palestinian Judaism and was approached one day by a centurion, by a Roman soldiers. Rabbis and Roman centurions did not like to have anything to do with each other, by the way. They stayed very far away from each other. And he was approached by the centurion almost in a threatening way. Imagine the centurion kind of poking a finger into your chest. And he asked Rabbi Akiva, who are you and what are you doing here? Rabbi Akiva took a breath. Who am I and what am I doing here? He said, how much do they pay you a week? And the centurion said, ten denarii a week. He said, I will make your salary a hundred denarii a week. If you come to my house and ask me every day, who am I and what am I doing here? To get familiar with that question, who are we and what are we doing here in this life? That is to know What it is to be mindful, alive, and awake. And to get closer to, should I do this or should I do that? That is the sole reason and substance for our 30 days 
spiritual practice challenge to get and to become more awake to who we really are. 20 minutes a day, that's all I ask. That's all we ask. I've said this before. That's a Seinfeld episode with all the commercials taken out of it and three minutes to spare. 20 minutes a day between the 16th and the 14th. I want to lift up one of those groups that we are aligning, one of those small groups that we are aligning. It is our journaling group. It is not, I promise you, an opportunity to write the great American novel. Although if that's a byproduct, give us a taste or a cut of that if it sells a lot. It is not about the product. It is not about the end result. It is not about the outcome. It is through the discipline and the practice of writing each day and gathering once a week with other folks in the congregation, the opportunity to let your story, the wild soul of your soul emerge so that you can listen to what is really here and who you really are. I mean, those of you who've kept a journal in the past, when you go back and look at your diligent writings, we can see some amazing stuff there that we did not know we were even giving voice to until after the fact. That's why this is such a wonderful group and such a wonderful spiritual practice. Any good process, any mindful process like this will produce a good product for us. What is it that the um, computer programmers or software types say? Garbage in, garbage out. Is that right? Computer types? There's a bunch of you here, I know. You don't, doubt, you don't doubt yourself if you don't want to, but you know. Garbage in, garbage out. Well, the true is also the same in reverse and positively. Gold in and gold out. A golden process of paying attention to our lives, like the stories of the alchemists of old turning the commonplace stuff into the precious metals. What we find when we pay attention is that it is all gold and there is nothing commonplace about our lives, but it is every day. It is the ultimate meaning of that word that we spoke earlier during charge for living recovery. Yes, some of us are recovering from our addictions, but all of us, whether we say we are addicted or not, we are all called to recover that original likeness of the spirit that we were born with because we come from a tradition that says we were not born as original sinners. We were born originally blessed with the universe implanting gifts within us and that universe is waiting for us to share our gifts back with the world. That is recovery. That is discovery. That is being alive. I want to end today with these words from Rumi, the great mystical Persian poet who understood much more than just what he saw and felt in his age. He said, out beyond ideas, underline ideas, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and out beyond ideas of right doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Beyond obligation, beyond fear, beyond worry, even beyond should I do this or should I do that, there is life. There is life calling us to partake of that deep, boundless field that none of our ideas can ever contain. There is life our lives, your life, my life, waiting for all of us. The world is too full, and I am done talking. So let's cultivate together.
Let's practice together. Let's grow together. Amen. And may you live in blessing. And now let's pray together. As we join our hearts in prayer, we open ourselves up to that great field, that mystery. And yet that spark so small that it truly deserves the name divine that is within each and every one of us. May we have the courage, the stamina, the presence to live fully this day, just as we are in this moment, knowing that change is upon us even if we do not know it. May we have the courage and the heart to live this day, to walk in presence, to share our gifts with the world, to know that a great blessing hangs over our lives and a great blessing arises up from within our lives if we would awaken to it. So today, and just for now, because this is what we know, may we be awake. Amen.